Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever. Hey, welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. On this week's episode, we have Dr. Mike Venturi on board, and he is a former WAG coach and now the owner and operator of Wildcard Spine and Sport, a chiropractic practice located in New York City. You can check him out at wildcardspineandsport.co. And you can find him on Instagram under the same name, as well as TikTok and YouTube. So, gang, saddle up for a really fun and interesting conversation about injuries, injury prevention, nutrition, and everything in between. Mike works with us. He's an ambassador, and he has a code. It's Mike, capital M-I-K-E. You enter that at checkout at workingitsgravity.com when you're ready to join. You get 50 bucks off your first month of coaching with us. It's pretty awesome. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. In the meantime, enjoy the conversation with Dr. Mike Venture. He got like really upset. He got like really mad at me, and which made it even funnier, you know. Of course, but um, I think yeah, that's like the the thought is like if you live in New York or around New York, it's like well, you're right there. You're probably I mean, New York. You go see the New York Knicks every night. You know, you go to those you know those big famous restaurants. You go get Ray's pizza. You go you go yeah. take a jog in Central Park, and then that, that's your day, and that's it. You know. Um, and then you come home. You're only a stone's throw from everything in New York. Yeah, right. I haven't, I haven't been to the Statue of Liberty. I haven't, I haven't walked inside Central Park. Uh, I've seen one Broadway play. I've been to the Garden mm-hmm. once. Um, and that's it. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not. What, what was it. the play you saw? I saw a Bronx Tale. Oh. Ooh, nice. A Bronx Tale, and then whoever the guy was, I forget his name. Uh, Chaz Palminteri was actually there. Wow. So the guy who was in the play or in the movie and it's based off of his play or life or whatever was actually there and, and, and he came out. And I can tell you guys a story after we stop recording <laughs> if you really want yeah. relative to uh, the Bronx tale, but we're going to have to yeah. for, for the sake of my safety. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, Mike, we don't want to put you, we don't want to put you in any danger. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm going to get a knock on the door. Some guy named Tony is going to be like, hey, I heard you talking on this podcast. What the f- what's going on? Oh, man. Well, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you do get a chance to see Book of Mormon, you definitely should. Yeah, I, I, I see I that really this year here to. in Denver. And, dude, the the funnest time I've had in a live performance probably ever. I, I did yeah, see Harry so Potter, fun. too. Oh. But, yeah, I, oh. Potter was the most That'd expensive awesome. nap I've ever taken in my entire life. <laughs> So I like bought the tickets yeah. aftermarket because my wife's got into like Harry Potter at 26 years old or whatever. She's like, please, can we go? I'm like, yeah, why not? And then I woke up and it was like <laughs> the first act was over and I was like, oh, cool. You like, you like, you, <laughs> so, you startle awake and you're like, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. That was wonderful. That was the, the imagery was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, hell well okay. what's yeah. up with this hairy kid <laughs> all right gang let's uh we haven't even formally introduced our our guests so let's let's Mm-mm. do 
let's 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 yeah. let's cross cross our eyes <laughs> and dot our t's real quick so hey, gang welcome to the inside wag nutrition podcast uh chris why don't you go ahead and do the honors today <laughs> i would love to uh today our very special guest today has a background in crossfit as a certified trainer is a former nutrition coach for wag who recently ran his first triathlon and is the owner and operator of Wildcard Spine and Sport, which just so happens to be the only clinic in New York City certified to diagnose and treat adhesion. We are very excited to catch up with our bright shorts wearing friend today. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Dr. Mike Vancieri. Oh gosh, that's the greatest intro. I love it. I'm, uh, I'm not wearing the bright, I'm only wearing gray shorts today, but my wife always gives me crap about wearing the shorts. She's like, why do you look so neat? I'm like, I don't you're like, high viz, baby, high viz. You, you brought, <laughs> you bought safety. me those shorts, right? I haven't purchased a piece of clothing for myself in six years, so that's the that's idea. Uh, I have a similar, probably be the same pair but i was gonna wear them in honor today but it's a bit chilly today so I'm in my yeah. lululemon sweatpants so, yeah. you you did forget one um one important piece of or our accolade mm. is that I'm, a, I'm i'm an original founding member of the scooter mafia uh, <laughs> uh yeah so i would have appreciated okay. if you would have included my most uh prestigious <laughs> prestigious that's it. true I, you know i was gonna make mention of it but i'm gonna update the show notes just so the yeah, rest of the world knows yeah, please, please, maybe please. we'll uh yeah we'll link a video <laughs> please don't actually please don't. Oh, no. oh man well uh, yeah mike it's, it's awesome to have you on uh finally we've been talking about this for a while um so yeah you're you're a busy mm -hmm. guy and there's a lot going on so we're glad that we could finally like meet up glad we could finally make this happen so yeah, um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I've been looking um, forward to this, we, catching up with you guys yeah. and hanging out. Um, so we, we kind of, obviously, we, we touched on a bunch of uh, Mike's current location status <laughs> prior to actually, quote unquote, starting <laughs> the episode. Um, so so he's based in New York City, and uh, he has his own business that Chris mentioned. Um, so why don't we jump right into that? And can you tell us a little bit about how you got into chiropractic uh, practice and how you s decided to start your own uh, business. Yeah, it's kind of a convoluted story, but I'll try to be as um, concise. You as have three possible. minutes. I, I always wanted to be in health. Yeah, I have three minutes okay. <laughs> and start. Um, <laughs> I always wanted to be health and wellness. I saw a really great chiropractor growing up. I was pre-med in college. I realized that it was probably not the best thing for me to go to medical school. Uh, you know, and then I decided to go to chiropractic college. I had a great experience with chiropractic growing up, as as many of the listeners I'm sure can can agree with. Uh, I was also very very heavy into the CrossFit space. So upon graduation, I was, you know, one of the lucky guys where I already had a, a job lined up to move out here to, to Long Island at a rather, I'll say famous, and I'll use air quotes here for those people who aren't uh, watching the video, a, a relatively famous chiropractic practice um, in the CrossFit space. So I basically cold DM'd the owner one day and I was like, hey, I have all the credentials you need, hire me. And he was like, Okay. Wow. <laughs> so that ended up happening. I, I moved. Yeah, 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 yeah. I moved, I don't know, 1500 miles across the country. I realized when I got there that it probably wasn't the best situation for me. Um, as, as, as people will ultimately realize here, social media isn't everything that uh, is happening 
in real life. Um, you know, luckily I moved out there. I met my now wife about a month later. Uh, I, I left that clinic. I got another job at a pretty traditional kind of integrated chiropractic clinic in downtown Brooklyn. And I hated it from the absolute minute that I got there. I was kind of (laughs) devising my escape. Uh, I was doing (laughs) check-ins in between patients. I was doing check-ins on the railroad coming in. So just kind of balancing everything out. Um, And I actually voided my contract about four months early and almost got into a legal battle (laughs) with the clinic there. Uh, There was some debate as to whether they fired me or whether I left or whatever the, the situation would have been. And I was kind of in an identity crisis. I was coaching WAG. I I knew I really enjoyed it. Um, And I kind of had this moment where I was like, am I a spoiled millennial that just, you know, can't hold down a job or I I, I won't be happy or I'll be miserable in my professional life forever. Um, I almost took another job out in New Jersey uh, at a clinic that was very similarly set up to kind of how I really wanted um, my setup to be. And I was kind of flirting with the hiring process there. I, um, I did what we'll, we'll call a plant medicine ceremony. Hopefully this doesn't like take down the appropriateness of this podcast at a plant medicine ceremony. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I realized <laughs> that, uh, you know, some people have interesting experiences while, while doing that as, as you two yeah. know, unfortunately mm-hmm. with, with some, some things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I realized that, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to be vague, yeah, but yeah, get yeah. a rise on yeah. you too. Nobody else is going to understand that, but maybe a dozen people on this planet. Uh-huh. And I just had this like unquenchable thirst to be grounded. And my wife was like, mm. you know what, why don't you look on Craigslist and see if there's a space in the area. And if there is like, maybe you're supposed to just be your own boss, right? Maybe you're not, maybe you're not destined or doomed to have a crappy professional life. Maybe you're just not meant to work for somebody. And I started wildcard spine and sport, uh, which was an LLC that I had, uh, owned for, for, for quite some time now. It was, uh, somebody tried to, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but somebody was describing me as a wild card, meaning that they couldn't mm. decide whether I was good or bad, or some days I was good or some days I was bad. They were like, I don't know what to do with this kid. He's kind of a wild card. That's where wild card spine right sport ultimately right comes from, for those of you that are wondering. And I started my practice in, in a one room space at uh, you know $1,200 a month for about you know 200 square feet. <laughs> and I loved it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't stop. Right. And I was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is my calling. I'm not necessarily a good employee, but I'm a great business owner and an entrepreneur. And then things just kind of, kind of took off. I upgraded some space. I have an office now in the city one day a week. So um, things are going relatively well. The stresses of being a small business owner uh, sometimes are, are, are quite a bit, but overall it's, uh, it's nice to wake up every morning and, you know, bust your ass for yourself, yeah. which I think is an important thing. Yeah, for sure. Can you, what, what, what kind of timeline are we talking right there? Like for, from the time that you found that original space, so that, you know, that smaller space to, to right now, what are, what are we looking at there? Yeah, I think that was 2018 or 2019 okay. towards the, the end, the latter stages. 
Um, you know, and, and then obviously a big challenge there. I don't know if you've heard of this virus that happened a couple of years ago. It's called COVID-19. Um, so that was kind of like a yeah. crazy experience as well. Yeah. Uh, I had to shut down the clinic for like six weeks. Um, the clinic reopened and I was like shockingly busy. I think it was like that May. And I, I went and I signed like a six year lease on a bigger space that winter the first month that I was open that space, I had COVID. So I was like, had to shut things down. Um, I treated 40 people while COVID positive. It's, uh, but I was wearing a mask so nobody contracted it. So that was kind of a, an interesting experience. And, uh, yeah, so I guess 2018 to what is it? 2023 bought a house, got married, did the whole thing in the meantime. And I'm, yeah, I'm ready for a nap after that. Or to, yeah. yeah, to sleep through the Harry Potter. Well, you've you've yeah, also exactly. you've also exceeded your three yeah. minutes, so we're going to end the podcast now. Um, so yeah, we're, <laughs> I see we're, we're, we're very we're very strict, <laughs> very strict. Um, yeah, but no, that's yeah, next, <laughs> right. Next question. No, that's great. I mean, of course, like the uh, we were going to ask about the COVID nineteen. Uh, you know, when when that actually hit, like how you handled yeah. that, because anyone that did your anyone that was in like your line of work or like massage or gym you know being a gym owner like we faced the same challenge um and i know a lot of places didn't fare super well you know uh coming out of that but we have heard quite a few stories of people that have really flourished and i know that's maybe like risque to say you know but i think after everything opened back up people were desperate to get out and either work on themselves again or just see other people. Um, and it's nice to hear that you um, had, I mean, uh, yeah, you had COVID. That's, that sucks. But like, it was nice. It's nice to hear that you're, it's nice to hear that people wanted to come back and see you and like start to get their treatment again, you know, and, and get better and start working on themselves. Yeah, it was a huge, I think, paradigm shift for a couple of different reasons. You know, like number one, we, it's very clear that being healthy largely mitigated a a good percentage of the risks associated with the virus. People understood that people came in. Uh, I I also think there was this kind of shift to, I really, really want excellent care, right? I don't want the average Mm. chiropractic PT, put you on heat and stim, adjust you, send you on your way, uh, you know, experience. I think people really, really wanted to do different things, things that exceeded the status quo in order to get better. And it, you know, it it just so happened that that was the way that I had pivoted and created my practice, right? I've always been somebody that wants to see the quote unquote unfixable chronic pain issues. Um, There is a hole in that market. It's the thing that interests me the most. I couldn't sit there and adjust 200 people over the course of a week and sit there and and be fulfilled. I want difficult people to come into my office that are down to their last option, and I want to fix those people. And some of it is completely egotistical, right? Like there's a percentage of of that (laughs) desire that is, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. I want to create that change. I want to make that money. And I'm very honest with this in terms of this explanation. Like I'm not going in and fixing people purely for altruism. I don't think anybody does anything purely for altruism, but you know, I want to be that guy. And it just so happens that, that 
egotistical obsession about chronic pain <laughs> consequently leads to more people getting better, you know, a great majority of the time. <laughs> yeah, you, that you, works, you, right? You, you, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a selfish selfishness that if you fulfill in my personal opinion, that if you can do that, then, then the world kind of gets to be a better place too, as long as you're not a dick about things. I love that. Mm. Yeah, that's the the cool standout thing is that um, you basically saw these people that were willing to forego the risk in this weird shared experience we were all going under through COVID, but still realize the importance of having their chronic pain treated properly, and you know going through whatever channels necessary to do that. Because if anything, that was the time to really strengthen and focus on that. And I think that's a great setup for. Next question that we have for you along those same lines, which is, um, <laughs> what are some common injuries that you face in your practice and how can proper or how rather, how does proper diet and hydration help? Prevent yeah. So the most common thing that we see are, are disc injuries. So you've got your, your two vertebral segments and you have that little cartilaginous cushion, we'll say for, for lack of a better term, we'll try to keep it, um, you know eighth grade reading. I was say, we normally don't have such and, big words on the podcast, but if you could just say yeah, slow, dude, yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah, yes, yeah. for us. Okay. So the piece of cartilage <laughs> yeah. in between your vertebrae will start to deteriorate. It will start to tear on the inside and we call that an internal disc derangement. Ultimately, you accumulate enough of those. That's what causes the disc to herniate and, and largely an, an increase in compression over time chronically is what wears those discs down. So you know, discs have a tendency to be really, really sensitive to what we, you know, we, we call the metabolic components of chronic pain. So stress, diet, sleep. Um, so you're, you're looking at a situation where, you know, sleep is super important, right? Hydration is super important. And then metabolically, your diet is super important. Uh, and again, this is neck disc injuries. This is lower back disc injuries. Both of those are, are really well. It's kind helped. of all the same. Like yeah, it's all the same. I mean, same, same, but different. So when sure, you look at yeah, yeah. hydration mm. status, and I'm not like a huge <laughs> drink, you know, one ounce for, you know, kilogram of, of body weight kind of guy. I think if you're drinking a quality, you know, water, meaning like a spring or a mineral water that actually has some electrolytes in it, I think if you trust your, your thirst signals, you're largely going to be okay. Again, I think that the, the overhydration, uh, Obsession in this country is largely dictated by powerful beverage and food conglomerates trying to get you to drink as much water as you can. But I'll take my tin cap off and we can kind of like move past hydration. Drink when you're thirsty, <laughs> drink a quality water and, and hopefully a glass bottle and life should be good. Diet mm -hmm. is, is so important. And the main thing that we look at for diet is do you have a healthy body composition? That is number one. People get really hyper obsessed with uh, you know, is this corn going to cause an increased inflammatory response and the omega-6 versus omega-3 versus omega-9 ratio and all the other stuff? It, the, that's icing on the cake. Your body mass index needs to be below 25, right, in order for you to not, your your weight to not mitigate chronic pain. And again, there, there are people that will be you know, well muscle that that doesn't apply. So basically you're looking at like waist to hip ratio in that sense. And I don't have sure. those exact numbers. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have those. At so again, like I have a body mass index of 27. 
but I have, mm-hmm. you know, hips that measure 42 inches and a waist that measures 33 inches. So like, I'm okay, right? Long term, I probably yeah. don't want to have a, you know, a 28 or 27 uh, body mass index as I age, right? There's, there's other, you know, factors that will, uh, that there, there's risks there as well. Like your heart still needs to perfuse your healthy tissue. So over the long term, it really is going to work harder over time, but that's a song for another dance. So y- you've mm-hmm. got to get yourself into a healthy body composition first and foremost. And as you guys know, right, you decrease calories in, increase calories out, you know, eat enough protein, mm-hmm. one gram per pound or 0.8 or 0.9, depending on what you're doing and, and fix that. And then comes all the inflammatory. And lift <laughs> yes. your weights, correct, correct. Yes, because uh, the the muscle tissue is also an endocrine organ, meaning that it releases hormones. So you lift weights, you increase your insulin sensitivity, and and life should be good there. And it's not just a load thing either, right? Because more weight, you know, you are working more against gravity. It's going to cause nicely a, done. A shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's obviously going to cause <laughs> it's obviously going to cause more compression on particular stru- structures and you know, hips, discs, things like that. But there's also the the metabolic component. So the way that I look at it are is the same things that cause like atherosclerosis or placking in your arteries are the same things that are going to cause adhesion or placking in your joints. And the research is very, very clear on that. Um, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're not in a healthy body composition, you will produce placking. You will degenerate at a faster rate than somebody that is not at that unhealthy body composition. And it doesn't have as much to do with just, again, gravitational force relative to mass on your joints. So th- that's super interesting. And, and you can go Google search that and, and that'll come up with some research articles if you're very, very interested in that. Yeah. Let, let me ask a question of kind of going back here. Um, uh, when Chris mentioned that you are the only clinic that is uh, qualified or certified to treat adhesion, what are some of the, th- when you see that, what are some of the things that you initially like go in with as far as like advice or um, like uh, protocols to help people kind of get out of that kind of pain? Yeah. So the, uh, I think I understand your question, like indications of whether you do or you don't have adhesion and then how we would proceed moving forward from that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the biggest kind of indication of adhesion development is going to be a lack of range of motion. So we know relative to the normal population, relative to the normal, you know, body type morphology, what normal ranges of motion are for particular joints. So we know that you need 90 degrees of straight leg raise, right? And if you have less than 90 degrees of straight leg raise, there is something going on. Something is amok. Uh, (laughs) Then what you would look at are now, what are the plausible things that can limit range of motion to, to decrease you from 90 degrees of straight leg raise? Well, we know that Hamstring inflexibility can do that. We know that a disc injury can help you, can, can do that. We also know that your sciatic nerve getting stuck down to your gemellus superior at the piriformis muscle is actually the most likely cause of it. So we, we have these range of motion tests that we do. And then logically, we know which muscles cross what joint in what particular vector. And then we look and feel for which ones are stuck. Um, so really... Like the range of motion is like the blood pressure. You know, if there, if you have bad blood pressure, there's something going on with your cardiovascular system. We don't know what specifically. 
And the blood test is basically palpation or feeling or referring that back to the symptoms that you present with. Uh, And you can kind of conglomerate all of those factors and say, okay, this person has grade three plus adhesion at, you know, the sciatic nerve in between the, the, you know, the, the, the the hamstring tendons or at the fibular nerve or in the lumbar spine erectors. Um, There is no image for it, right? Adhesion does not show up on an MRI unless it is within a joint capsule. So your shoulder capsule, your hip capsule, and they do that MRI with contrast, which if you've ever been in the American healthcare system, you know that they hate doing contrast MRIs because it just costs the insurance company more money. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, does that answer your question? Totally. Well, the thing is, was, was it too, was it too sciencey? Do you want me to like dumb it down? No, no, no. I think that, okay, the, okay. The, no, that's, that's great. <laughs> the, the next part would be, you know, um, after those, uh, after you, tr- or after you see the patient and you kind of like diagnose them, it's like, do you give them homework? Do you say, Hey, you need to come back and see me every single day for the rest of your life. Um, you know, how do you, what's, what's the next like progression to get those people, uh, in proper range of motion or just out of pain? Yeah. So adhesion in particular structures, you can use exercise to help wear it down. So the the main thing that you need for adhesion to break down is tension. Uh, So you look at it like a a rubber band, right? How would you break a rubber band? You'd pull it apart, right? Just keep, right. You you pull it apart. No amount of compression can break down adhesion. So your foam roller per se, you could roll over a rubber band a hundred times. In fact, you know, Josh, you may appreciate this. I tell people all the time, you could take an M1 Abrams tank and you could run over a rubber band and it's <laughs> still a flipping intact rubber band. So a lot of the, yeah. we'll call them like adhesion truthers, people who don't believe that adhesion exists. And all you have to do is like, just talk to one orthopedic surgeon and they'll tell you that it, it absolutely does exist. They say, well, they did a study and you needed 2000 pounds of compression in order to break down the adhesion. Yeah, that's true. You, you need 2000 pounds of compression, direct compression perpendicular to the tissue to break it down. You only need about six or seven pounds of force uh, or tension in order to break it down. So you can break it down with your thumb, right? You sink into the tissue, you create a force vector, then you lengthen that tissue underneath it. And really good adhesion removal specialists will say, you can feel that thing rip. And it like turns your stomach a little bit because you're like, I hope I didn't just like Damn, destroy yeah. this patient. Um, you can remove it using surface tension. So if the adhesion is very close to the surface of the skin, you can take a tool. Uh, and I liken this to if you burn a piece of toast, you can take your butter knife and like scrape the burn off, right? But it has to be close to the surface of the skin. Yeah. Josh won't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, the don't make a new peri peri yeah. piece of toast, right? Uh, or don't <laughs> yeah. eat the burn. It's Solidarity. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the final, and in my opinion, most effective way to break it down is actually with sound energy. And this is very difficult to kind of explain in layman's terms. But if you, if you take a sound wave and it's powerful enough and it's, it's asymmetrical enough, right? So if you look at like traditional ultrasound therapy, you've got beautiful, symmetric, evenly spaced out, perfect wavelength, perfect frequency sound waves. It's not going to break anything down. What you have to do is create a huge spike and a huge spike and a huge spike. It's almost like a, it's exactly like a cymbal crash, Chris, right? You hit that thing very, very hard. It creates a sound wave. And that's functionally what shockwave therapy is. 
um, we're taking a metal plate and we're shooting a bullet into that metal plate and we're crashing into it, creating a sound wave, using ultrasound gel to then transduce that wave into the body where it will functionally kind of vibrate a tissue hard enough to where it will tension that, that adhesion off. And if you're, you know, if you're into physics, there is an equation that you can look up and, you know, I don't suggest doing this on a, on a Wednesday morning, but any, any string <laughs> with two fixed endpoints, put energy into it, it'll create a tension force <clears throat> similar to a guitar, right? You can whack a guitar string and it will create a frequency and that frequency can be likened to a tension force. The, the beautiful thing about the sound wave is we can penetrate really deep. I can get deeper with a sound wave than I can with my thumb. Um, and yeah, it, it works like an absolute charm. And then how do you know it worked? Well, you feel for it again, like, hey, is there less super glue in through here? And then the range of motion instantaneously improves. Um, and it durably improves as well. So it's not like like Josh asked, like, do I have to see you once a day for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. You, you come until the adhesion is removed, and then we set a frequency of maintenance or longevity relative to how quickly you will build that adhesion back up. And that's going to be dictated by what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. It's going to be dictated by your metabolic health. It's like going to the dentist. You get all this plaque removed. And then over the course of six months, depending on what your dental hygiene is, it will grow back at X rate. Gotcha. Fascinating stuff, man. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it works. Like Can... we, we have a 92% and above success rate in terms of you know, we have wow. a prognosis. So, so again, the other thing I have to be clear about is we always give patients a diagnosis and a prognosis. So how much relief can you expect as a percentage of your current issue right now? Like, are you going to get 30% better or 40% better or 50% better? And we use the diagnosis to then dictate, right, what your likely prognosis is. So once we give you a percentage of relief, we, again, hit that for simplicity's sake nine times out of 10. That's that's very cool, man. Yeah, um, I like that. <laughs> I have two kind of follow up questions, and maybe these are like you can do some debunking, some some myth busting. Sure. Here. Yeah. Um, well, so Ooh. so two things you mentioned, um, <laughs> like you mentioned foam rolling briefly. Mm-hmm. Does foam rolling do anything? Like really, is it foam is it an, is it enough is <laughs> is it enough pressure to actually make substantial? a substantial difference in your, in your tissue? So I'll kind of lump a bunch of quote unquote therapies into this category. A lot of what you can Google is recovery or prep work, Mm -hmm. meaning you foam roll your hips and your knees and your ankles before you squat, you will create a temporary increase in range of motion, largely dictated by fluid transfer. So you have these muscles that aren't soaked with water and you can use the foam roller to push it and out. You'll also create a neurologic response, meaning that the, the compression from the foam roller will activate certain sensors deep within your muscle that will get a relaxation effect. So you can create space to say squat or deadlift or whatever, or if you've got muscle soreness, right? And that muscle soreness is going to be largely, you know, an inflammatory cocktail secondary to tissue breakdown. You can push that in and out and cause greater tissue turnover. Um, you know, same thing with basic stretching, uh, same thing, in my opinion, chiropractic manipulative therapy. So a traditional adjustment, uh, massage fits really well into that category. So again, a lot of the things that people think fix chronic pain are either just prep work or recovery. 
Gotcha. Which is important, gotcha. right? Like it's super important to do those things. It, it You're is just not going to fix mm-hmm. lower back pain that you've had for ten years with a you know a piece of PVC. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was I was mm-hmm. wondering about because there's that thought process like the placebo effect where like if my calves are tight, you know, after I did a big run and I do foam rolling and I'm like, wow, they they do really kind of feel better. Then like, is that so? Is that such a bad thing? It's it, it may not fix my calves totally but in that moment i'm like okay i feel like i can get through this next piece now so you know is it beneficial in the short term yes yeah that's what you're saying yeah short term wise yeah yes yeah it's beneficial to a certain point now I'll, i'll play devil's advocate here and i'll say hey you've got a degenerated achilles tendon right like maybe somebody that we know that just had an issue uh on monday night and you want to go run, you want to go run sprints. So now you say, okay, how do I create enough space for me to go do this sprint workout? Let's say eight, 400, right? If you kind of overload that tissue with, and I won't call it a placebo effect. It's, it's something much more complicated, but again, you, you foam roll, you feel better. Now you go run and then you tear your Achilles tendon. So to a certain extent, it's, it's helpful. And then there are going to be issues where it could ultimately be um, disastrous if if used irresponsibly, which is sure it, it stinks because there's a lot of people out there telling a lot of people to just foam roll it and life will be good, but um, it's so much more complicated than that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that's kind of what you know asking having you as the expert on you know I, I've heard. I've heard things in both ranges, you know, I've heard things, you know, where foam rolling, like will fix, will will fix everything. And if you do it enough, but I've also heard that like more recently, uh, it, it doesn't. And, and it's more of like the short term temporary fix where you were talking about like, you know, fluid, you know, pushing fluid in and out, or maybe like releasing some tension in the muscle, but it's not going to, you know, be the permanent fix that you're looking for. Whereas in you seeing someone like you might, might be, you know, what you need. Um, and I've experienced that with back pain of, you know, deadlifting heavy and, you know, gone through injuries and things like that. And it's like, no matter how much foam rolling I did, man, I, it still hurt to put my socks on, you know? <laughs> so, so my other question, my other question is what about Theraguns? Same thing. What about these hammers that people same, same thing. thing. Yeah, same thing. You're not, you're, okay. it, it's, it's, again, unfortunately, we kind of overvalue what we can do to fix ourselves. Uh, and, and they're going to, mm-hmm. again, it's a beautiful recovery mechanism. If you squat and, and let's say all the tissues that are stressed underneath an, under a normal squat are healthy. If you squat heavy, you will be sore the next day. You're going to walk like you just ranched for 15 hours. Um, <laughs> if you take that recovery gun afterwards and you you hit your quads, you hit your hamstrings, you hit your, your ankles, your whatever, you will feel less soreness in the consequent days. You will also ensure that, you know, maybe you'll have a more comfortable evening or whatever um, if you've got something else to do. If you've got another workout that night, Right. If you're somebody that's doing two a days, you know, you'll have a better time doing that. You know, and I guess to sum everything up is is you, you really want to know where you function well and where you don't function well so that you can be mindful of, of all those things. If you're perfectly functional, you don't have a lick of adhesion in your body. 
then yet yeah, use all this stuff to, to your heart's desire because it's going to increase performance. It's going to increase comfortability of particular workouts. It's when you don't know that things can become quite dangerous. Yeah. Well said. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on too, uh, Mike, and I think I read this somewhere else in a podcast description that you did and I kind of liked it. And what I took from it is that you like to take more of a holistic approach, kind of a well-rounded and I don't use <laughs> holistic in that sense of whatever, but like in the more of the well-rounded, like it's more than just this thing in particular that you're feeling. It, it, it is diet, nutrition, exercise, lifestyle habits, stuff like that. So can you touch on that a little bit about how you kind of take that, uh, you know, you, you depart aspects of like mental well-being and nutrition for your patients too, not just the, the specific chronic pain relief that they're there to see you for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all, I mean, we, we all do it. I mean, in the clinic, it's all it's all under, I don't want to say the guys, but we're all doing it. Rel I'm doing it all relative to, to chronic pain, but we, we get into a lot of these kind of interesting topics. Uh, every patient that comes in gets, at times it's a bit crude, but we talk about metabolic health and we talk about mental health with every single patient because it, it, it matters um, within the realm of, of chronic pain. If you're constantly stressed and anxious, it's going to increase the rate that you develop adhesion, you're going to have more natural baseline tension in your muscle tissues. Um, but yeah, we talk about it and, and I don't necessarily dive super deep in, into nutrition. Usually when somebody comes in and they have a metabolic issue, it's touched upon in a sense that, hey, there's no judgment here. I don't particularly care for my own personal sake, whether you lose 15 or 30 pounds, but I'm telling you right now that if you did, you would feel 30% better or 40% better. Or I sit there and I say, Hey, if you, if you go see a behavioral therapist, because as much as people want to treat me like a behavioral therapist in office visits, um, you're going to get another 10 or 15% better. So we are looking at the whole pie chart of what our opportunity is. And for certain individuals, you know, there's a, there's a big piece of that pie that's not fixable by me, right? Like that there's, there's adhesion that will be removed and you will feel 30% better. But if you want to feel 50% better, um, sleep for eight hours a night as opposed to four hours a night. And like that will be the biggest change that you can possibly create. Um, and again, like I have the expertise and, and background in nutrition as, as you guys maybe unfortunately know at this point. <laughs> but from a, from a professional or from a business standpoint, I have to basically understand like what What's the greatest change that I can create in a patient? What's going to make the 15 minute appointment most worth it for the patient? And 99 times out of 100, it's removing adhesion, regenerating tissues, doing all that fun stuff. But, but you have to look at it that way, because if you don't, you're going to miss out on some serious things. You're going to set unrealistic expectations for particular patients. They're going to sit there thinking they're going to be better when, you know, in reality, you know, eating, I don't know, honey buns and, and drinking every night and getting four hours of sleep is, is really amplifying their pain. Does that, does that mm. make sense? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and, and I appreciate that approach though. You know, I think that is so informative because you're providing them more than just like, Hey, like you said, you're coming in for 15 minutes, you're doing your job and they're moving on. The goal is betterment any way possible. And if you can provide those little nuggets of wisdom, like, Hey, you might feel better 
if you weren't carrying this extra weight, mm -hmm. you know, that is a, that is a bigger ask of your body, of your central nervous system, of your heart, of your lungs, all these things, all these factors. <clears throat> and it does help put uh, a perspective for your clients to be more aware of where all this pain can come from. It's not just because they put too many plates on this, you know, their back squat or whatever. It, it is more than just that in terms of the long-term frequency and, and pain that they could potentially be under. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, we, we, we kind of treat patients like a Monet painting in a sense that we like try to zoom out and, and get the big picture as much as possible. And then I have to understand, you know, I guess in the context of a Monet painting, like which colors I'm really good at specking on, 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 on the canvas, I guess. I don't know. Did he, did he post canvas? I don't know if he did fresh or something like that. I'm not an archive. But, uh, <laughs> that's what it has to be. We have to get the big picture and then I'll try to advise as much on the big picture as humanly possible. And then it becomes, okay, like what's my true area of expertise? What do I do better than any human being on the planet? Uh, and I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm that superlative. What do I do better than 99.999% <laughs> of people on the planet? I there find adhesion and I fix there you it. Go. Love it. <laughs> the adhesion wizard. The adhesion. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I might. I might steal that now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Put it in your bio. Yeah. Um, what's uh? We'll get we're getting to the uh, to the end here, wrapping things up. But before we go, um, what's what's a piece of advice that you like to give people? when they come to see you, like parting words that you would maybe give a client to take better care of themselves. What's, is there one thing that comes to mind at least that you often talk about more than other things? In terms of like a client or a patient, like we're, we're getting rid of them in a sense that they're, they're discharged or on like a first visit. Sure. Why, why don't we go? Yeah. Why don't we go with that? That you've, you've been with them or they've, I'm sorry, you've been, uh, They've been with you working through something and you finally reach that point where it's like, okay, like we've done a lot of good work here and you're kind of, you know, sending them off on a, on a, a solo mission there. Like, what would you say to that person um, as they leave your clinic? Two, I guess two things, you know, first of all, they, they deserve a congratulations, right? They, they deserve to feel satisfied and happy. And with everybody, it's like when we discharge you, it, we try to make it a party, right? Like an, I'm not bringing cake in or anything like that, but it's not an easy thing to do to prioritize your health, right? There are so many forces against you on this planet designed to create unhealthiness, right? It, it's the law of entropy. Everything is kind of randomly tumbling towards chaos and you took a step to put your foot down and say, I am going to restore order to my health. So we celebrate that because it's not easy um, to come and see me. It's never convenient, right? Again, I'm in a sleepy little area of Queens. It's not cheap to come see me either. And, you know, that's by design as well, because, you know, we want people to have skin in the game. Um, so really there's a, there's a huge level of, of kind of congratulations in order. And, and we really do celebrate that. And then it, it, I, I try to tell people that, when you're presented with a choice for your physical fitness or what you want to do today or how you want to work out or how you want to sit at your desk, you have to look at it like you're 80 years old and you're looking back at your life and thinking, man, 
you know, can I still work out? Can I still move? Hopefully you've got grandkids and great grandkid children and, and you want to play catch with your grandson. Like all these decisions that you make leading up to being 80 years old will stick with you and they'll be with you. And I'm not trying to like fear monger people, but I can assure you (laughs) that you will not be on your deathbed thinking about that one time that you did 365 pounds by five in that one random workout on a Tuesday, right? Like you'll be sitting there thinking, man, remember when I was bounced, like you used to be this high, Johnny, and I would bounce you on my knee. Or I got to go to all of your baseball games as the cool grandpa that could, you know, still throw the ball, the foul balls back to the pitcher or, or, or go chase you down or, or, or do this. You know, like I have this distinct memory of like learning to ride a bike and my grandfather running around with me, like trying to take pictures and trying to make sure I didn't fall. I actually ran into him and broke his camera, unfortunately, but like you you have these (laughs) core memories that, you know, if my grandfather beat the living piss out of his body for no reason, he wouldn't have been able to enjoy that. So you, you, you always want to, you know, I guess like memento mori, right? Like think of, Mm. think of what you're going to actually give a shit about on, on, on your deathbed and then make decisions according to that. Right. Like, do you really need to get up at 5.30 a.m. to hit a heavy deadlift workout? Or would you perhaps want to look back and say, man, I got to spend an extra hour with my wife. Right. And maybe I lost the workout or maybe I lost. No, I'm not suggesting you lose sleep. But um, (laughs) if you if you think about things that way, you'll you'll live your life much more healthily. You'll live your life much more balanced. And again, you guys run into this issue, you know, all the time, too. You get people that have created health nutritionally and they're sitting there and, and, and maybe they can't let go of the structure of counting macros. Maybe they're sitting there at their, you know, their, their great aunt's birthday party, you know, wondering whether or not they can have this piece of peach cobbler or something like that. Like enjoy it. You've done the hard work. You've gotten to where you need to do. Enjoy some balance because you, you, you're going to remember that piece of peach cobbler as long as you enjoy it. Yeah. Picking your battles is important. Yes. And when it comes to a sense of uh, creating a longevity that you can imagine yourself being better on the other side of it for. um, And yeah, very much speaks to what I, what I think too. I think this isn't all about right now in the present. It is about a self-efficacy and efficiency later to be able to get up and down off the toilet, to be able to wipe your own butt and you know, all these things that chronic pain, chronic disease, illness, Essentially, it's just a, it's a rocket to that, um, to that situation. And that's, that's not living, you know, like, and yeah, I really respect your perspective on wanting people to thrive, you know, rather than just get by. Yeah. I mean, what's huge. (laughs) You you guys know we're, we're not spring. I mean, you know, I'm 33. You guys are, are, are getting older as well. But (laughs) you you don't live. (laughs) Yeah. But but it's when things start to kind of, yeah. At least to me in the last three or four years, I've, you think about it a little bit more. You're like, all right, well, what's mm. the, what's the purpose yeah. of this weird, weird life on yeah. this revolving wait, door? Wait till you have kids. Yeah. Have I kids, mean, man. I can't even imagine that's going to rock my world. And again, Josh is, <laughs> Josh is happy father yeah. over here. Think things change for sure. For sure. And I, I don't think it's, that, just, it's a mindset, you know, it's like a mindset change and you don't want it to change. Right. Like you, you're happier. I would assume now than yeah. you were before kids. Right. 
Also, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, right. <laughs> it's going to change your life. People say that like a bad thing. It's like, oh, shoot, living for somebody else and, you know, acting in service and making sure that my decisions are sound, not just for my own individual being. Oh, what a crappy life I live, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it, everything, you know, like. Oh, darn. Yeah, right. It's just like in, you know, in the gym and you were talking about you're not going to remember those, you know, that heavy set of five that you did, you know, you know, one, whatever, one day you know, a long time ago, you know, but you are going to remember like, you know, dancing at, you know, if you, you take your, uh, your, your grandchild or your daughter's, you know, wedding, you know, you want to yeah. dance with her, you know, and it's like stuff like that is, I mean, that's what I'm mean, absolutely have started to think about that. Like there's Dan John, I've referenced Dan John quite a bit on this podcast already, but he is, I think he's in his mid sixties now. And, uh, He's a track and field athlete. He was, you know, collegiately and now he's a coach and he's author, you know, the whole deal. But his goal, you know, ever since he, you know, had kids was is to dance at his granddaughter's wedding. Like that's his goal. And that's what drives him. Like, and he talks about it nonstop. And I'm like, that's it. That's it, man. That is like what a what a great, you know, you were talking about the big picture zooming out. What a great um picture to have you know what a great you know uh way to think about your fitness and health and stuff like that and you're helping people do that man that's cool yeah that's very cool and and it, and it goes the opposite way too like i don't want to be i don't want to be like digging on like chronic exercisers here but there may be a certain level <laughs> of squatting that you have to do to dance with your granddaughter at at, at her wedding right like so there's the other side of sure. that coin too so it's, it's again, mm-hmm. it's just, and it depends on what song you're dancing to. Eggs. So keep that in mind too. Be prepared for anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. Who knows yeah. what music's yeah. going to be like in 30 wow. years, yeah. right? Oh, Come on, guys. No, man. Now, we, now we really sound old. All right. Give me back yeah. to, to, to audio slave and tool. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good old rock of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm Mike, this has been awesome, man. Uh-huh. Um, thank you very, very much. <laughs> of course, man. No, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I miss hanging out with you guys. And uh, yeah, this is it's a, yeah. It's a beautiful little trip down memory lane. Hopefully I didn't come off as, uh, I don't know, too, too much of a jerk. And I tried to give tangible, <laughs> actionable, digestible advice. Um, who knows? I think mm-hmm. you succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I get Chris. You want to you want to do well. Actually, actually, before we yeah. do ours, like let's let Mike do his plugs. Mm-hmm. Like tell tell everyone where they can find you. You know, personal page, business page, like the whole deal. Okay, like, let them know. All right. I mean, I don't even know what my handles are. Let me double check here. <laughs> I got you if you need help. <laughs> you got me if you need help. All right. Uh, okay. Instagram wildcard at wildcard spine and sport. TikTok at get wildcard. Uh, my website is www.wildcardspineandsport.co. That's CO. I actually did a men's health article about four years ago. They put .com and I lost like whatever amount of traffic that that could have gotten for me. So oh, very, very dude. clear about that. No. Um, I also have www.cityshockwave.com if you're, if you're interested in coming and seeing me in the city. And then my YouTube channel is uh at dr michael van cherry spelled just like my name believe it or not yeah <laughs> check the show notes for all those links check folks. the show yeah, notes for all the links yeah, yeah. yeah. chris is yeah, on just, top of all you gotta do is tap <laughs> on it so you, don't I, yeah. down. you yeah. know i'm great at we social media it. when i can't even remember my uh my own 
tags or yeah. whatever. I don't know. What Mike's better at putting the content out than he is telling you how to find it. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need to be better at self-promoting. Yeah. No, I think you're doing a great job. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll put all that down there for you. We've got his YouTube, his TikTok, his Instagram. Uh, if you are in the New York City area, um, if you're close to the Statue of Liberty, right, Mike? Something like yeah, that? Right there. Um, right yeah, there. right there. Uh, people can book a consultation <laughs> with Mike. <laughs> I've got that link for you there. And uh, feel free to go take a, you know, get a consultation with Mike. And um, as always, as a listener of the podcast, um, we want to help you help yourself. And we want to um, continue spreading this awareness that we do through our one-on-one remote nutrition coaching services and help you get in the door a little easier. So um, please use code InsideWag at checkout at www.workingagainstgravity.com slash join. And that'll take $50 off either of our um, nutrition coaching packages, uh, the Essentials Program or the Nutrition Coaching Plus, which um, we were telling Mike that we now offer, um, bringing him up to speed. Includes a meal plan, one video chat uh, per month with your coach, uh, three normal check-ins through our software system Seismic, where all your data and historical uh, messages and check-ins with your coach are stored for life. And uh, yeah, use code InsideWag to take $50 off either one of those uh, services. And it's worth it. It's Again, this is somebody who... And the unique thing about WAG, I think, is still, I would assume, is that everybody who became a coach used the service. Um, and it is correct. Yes. hands down the best nutrition service that, that, that I've ever used. So not that, I don't know, if people think they're self-promoting, but no. It, seriously, check it out. It's awesome. Thanks, Mike. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, and on that, I guess on that note, we'll sign off for this week and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.